American songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Anna and Sonia of Bloom Twins over Zoom video. Obviously, Anna and Sonia are both twins, identical twins, and they talked to us about where they grew up in a suburb of the Ukraine and how they got into music. They both told us that their parents met actually in a band. They were both in a band together. Their mom ended up pursuing a career as a vocal coach, and their dad is a mathematician. But they both have been classically trained in, in music since they were five years old. They started attending a music school. Bloom Twins told us a fascinating story about how their older sister was really the key to them moving to London to pursue their musical careers. They put out a song called Fahrenheit, which did amazing very, very quickly. So they told us about the success of that song, how they were able to meet Nick Rhodes, who was also a photographer, and he helped produce a bunch of their songs, put them on the road with Duran Duran. And since not only have they toured with Duran Duran, but they've also toured with Eels, Seal, Nile Rodgers, LP. They talked to us about their EP, Winter Tales, where they were when COVID happened, the success of their song Daydream, which they worked on with Benny Benassi, and their most recent release, High on Beat, and the music video, which was shot in a gym. If you watch it, you'll never believe it, but it was shot in a gym. You can watch the interview with Bloom Twins on our Facebook page and YouTube channel, and it's pretty incredible because they don't live together but they were both wearing the same Duran Duran t-shirt, totally unplanned. Must be a twin thing. So again, you can watch that on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Bloom Twins. This podcast is all about you guys and your journey in music. And we'll talk about uh, how you got to where you are now. Beautiful. Cool. That sounds great. All right. So who's older, Anna or Sophia? Uh, Sonny's older. So. Okay. By how many minutes? Whole 10 minutes. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, a, lot a lot can be done in 10 minutes. <laughs> I know. Two songs at least. Maybe three. <laughs> you can yeah. squeeze three in. Yeah, depending yeah, on the stuff. So. Yeah. So 10 minutes wow. earlier. <laughs> and tell me about where you guys were born and raised. We were born in Kiev. Well, it's a little town of up from Kiev. And we moved to London about eight years ago now. Okay. So what, was it, yeah. what was it like growing up there? Amazing. Uh, Love yeah. Ukraine. Born and raised in a musical family. You know, we were... We were listening to music all the time. I would say we were forced to listen to music because our parents would play guitar, drums, and, you know, every really? day. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Did they perform, like, just, like, at the house, or were they professional musicians? They were professional musicians, but they were initially in a band. Like, our mom and dad, they met playing in a band. And then mm -hmm. from there... Mom became um, a vocal teacher and our dad was a mathematician. He was doing something wow. completely different to that. But our family is really, really musical. We have a sister as well. She plays cello. We're all classically trained. So oh, it was wow. a very musical family indeed. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. How old were you when you started learning an instrument? What was the instrument that you guys were? I mean, with? I would say vocals is sort of like an instrument. We started singing. Oh, of course. We could speak and it was insane it was crazy for our parents even even though they were like in love with music and, and everything but they were like you cannot 
sing so much and not talk. Uh, but I do <laughs> yeah. think that it was like a twin thing. It was a twin connection, twin language. Uh -huh. But the first instrument that we, we wanted to play was p the piano. Okay. And then our parents were like, you have to learn how to play it if you're really gravitating so much to the piano. So they uh, yeah. put us in the music school at the age of five. Wow. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So they didn't really <laughs> let you go with it, right? A music school at five? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which was probably like, I don't think it was such a good idea because the teachers could not bear us. They're like, you're not listening to me. I know that you like yeah. piano, but this is not how you do it. <laughs> but we <laughs> actually- let me show you. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't end up playing, learning instruments until we were eight. So we yeah. were in music classic school at five, trying to play, but we couldn't concentrate. So they Mimicking. kept asking exactly. us to stay for another year so we would like be able to concentrate. But it still was great to be among all of it. And we were singing the whole time. Honestly, okay. it was just crazy. Were you yeah. guys in the same class or did they split you up as twins? Um, so we Eventually. were in duet. Yeah. So like vocal wise, we were like in duet and then we were doing our own things as well. And then piano wise, I was very separate from Sonia. Okay. I was supposed to be the whole classic piano player. And it like, honestly, I've been practicing, I don't know, every single day, two hours a day. And I would come to music school and play every single day. And I was supposed to have a big future as a classic piano player. But honestly, at some point, I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. I had a mental breakdown because honestly, it was just too much for a child. And then I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to touch piano ever again. And I haven't played piano for, I think, three years after that. And then I initially thought, but I love piano. I need to go back and try to write something, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. So while you're playing piano, so, uh, Sophia, where are you? Did you... Were you just over piano? Like, where were you musically at that point? <laughs> I think that I was like, okay, at playing piano. But then when they decided to split us up, which was the idea for us to not be like chatting to each other all the time, right. they gave me this <laughs> opportunity to do something else. And I'm like, oh, piano is so cool. But now that it's taken, can I play guitar? They're like, nope. I'm like, great. Can I play flute? <laughs> and they're like, sure. Go ahead. And then it was such a different experience. It was all about like, I don't know, and, and improvising and not really caring about like rules. So mm -hmm. Anas was like all about rules and like playing five hours a day. Mine wasn't like that. Mine was show up, drink some tea and maybe occasionally play. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no, that's that so good. That oh, so man. Good. And I was probably yeah. so jealous of that. <laughs> I was so jealous. Every single time I was passing by their class, I'm like, please take me there. I don't want to go like this for five hours. Oh my yeah, God. Why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they, let, why wouldn't they let you play guitar? Oh, we uh, didn't have a teacher. Oh, oh, okay. It was fully like busy. The whole, like one teacher who was teaching kids how to play guitar was fully booked for that year. So it wasn't possible. Yeah. Okay. And it wasn't like, a cool thing that I wanted to play. I wanted to play something like Beatles, something maybe a little bit jazzy, but it was like classical guitar. So it's sort of like, it didn't uh, interest me that much. I wanted yeah, to be a rock and roll star. You couldn't you play know? any, yeah, you couldn't play any rock and roll. <laughs> no, no, not at all, no. And how long were you guys at the school for? Oh, six, seven years. Wow. Was yeah, that like, yeah, it was about eight years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere was that there. what you were doing? Were you also doing like academic school in, or was the yeah, school yeah. like academic and music or was no, it two separate? It was, mm -hmm. Yeah, two separate ones. 
Okay. And at the school for, for academics, were you split up there as well? Or were you able to be in the same classes? We weren't in the same class. Yeah. How was that? We were, yeah, we were not allowed to sit together. Oh, really? That's funny. It was good. I, I actually liked school a lot because it felt so much easier to be in academic school, even though it's not, than in classic music school. And when I stopped playing piano because I thought it's not going to be, you know, like I was over with piano, mm -hmm. uh, I initially wanted to be a math, you know, go to university to study math. So like your dad, yeah. your dad was a math. Like my dad. Right? Yeah, yes. That's, that, cool. that's why. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. What about you, Sophia? What, what, what did you want to pursue? Was it always music? I wanted to be nobody. That's what I want. A nobody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's no, a good like, idea. On one hand, I have my mom who taught me classical singing. And uh -huh. I was kind of good at it. And then everyone assumed that that's what I wanted to do. But I didn't. And then I was in the mathematical class with Anya because I also knew a little bit of mathematics. But I was like, oh, it's so depressing. It's not for me. And then <laughs> so that's why I am just so lucky to be here where I am. Because otherwise, mm -hmm. I would have been a classical singer, not happy about it, or a mathematician, not happy about that. <laughs> not happy about that either. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so when, when did you guys move to London? It was eight years ago. It was literally before we were supposed to apply to unis, and I was applying to my favorite uni in Ukraine that I wanted to go to. But then moving to London seemed like a better idea. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> we're all, we're all. Yeah. <laughs> well, so did you both, so you both finished, obviously finished school at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then instead of going to college, you decided to move to, to London. London. Yeah. Okay. Was there a not, sorry, go ahead. No, all, not all parents would understand that or support that, but our parents yeah. somehow understood it. They're like, you know what, if that's what you want to do, yeah, it sounds shady because they never met these people before that said that you got to move to London because the way that happened is our sister, oldest sister, was scouted on the street uh, by this modeling agent. That was okay. the beginning of the story. I'm going sounds way dodgy back. already. No, I want to go way back. So tell me, tell me how... Yeah, no, no, no. Go back. Let's hear this. All right. All the way back. Anyway, so our oldest sister, she was scouted on the street by this manager, like a modeling scouter. And then he said, oh, you got to go to the office. We'd like to take pictures of you. She's like, oh, I have twins as well. Like my sister twins. Should I bring them along? And he said, sure. You. Yeah, that doesn't sound shady at all. <laughs> I know, right? And then basically, he took pictures of our older sister and the two of us, my twin and I. And he didn't like our older sister, which was really not great. And then, oh yeah, he posted these pictures online on Facebook. And then our managers, knowing this guy, commented saying, "Oh, these are really cute twins." But we would always talk about how much we like music, how much we like singing, because we would sing everywhere on the streets at castings. We were just crazy. We were nuts, really. And this guy says, um, "Yeah." commenting back to this girl who is managing like music etc saying that we were also doing music and she said could i meet them and okay. so he says this is going to be a casting for a music video make sure to look good etc we're like oh my god we made it you know we're always sure like, uh, and then you know showing up with a terrible hair terrible makeup terrible everything and apparently it's not a casting for a music video they want to hear us sing 
like oh. juicy and like uh, the yeah. members. Anyway, so we started singing. I brought my flute, the whole thing, the whole package. We're like, oh my god, it was so impressive. But we were not. Trust <laughs> me, I've seen videos of that meeting, and it was not that great. And they're like, so do you speak English? We're like, oh sure, we do. They start speaking English to us, uh, and then we're like, "Oh, actually, we don't understand anything." <laughs> oh, we didn't <laughs> speak English at the time. The word of English yeah. at all, at all. And so you've only learned English within the past eight eight years. Yeah, yeah. Saying? I would have never known that. I would assume really? that you, yeah, um, that you. I mean, you have a you. bit, a little bit of an accent, but other than that, n- not at all. I would again. I would have thought that you were born and raised like on English. No. No, oh my no gosh. So, That's so sweet. That must have been a difficult because English is, I heard, the, the most, you know, obnoxious language to learn. Was that <laughs> how do you learn it? I mean, that must have been difficult too. You're trying to pursue a career in music and you've got to learn English now. How did you juggle mm-hmm. all that? Yeah. Oh, it was really difficult. Honestly, when we moved here, we thought we just made it straight away. And then we realized, well, no, you gotta learn how to speak. So honestly, the first step for us was like having stickers of like on TV, on fridge, on table to know what the words are. And the first rule was to never use Russian or Ukrainian. You just speak in English the whole time through. And then that's how me and Sonia started actually learning. And then within, I think in one or two months, we had like a very elementary English, but at least we could communicate, you know, that was really good. But yeah, you know, it takes time, but you just got to do what you got to do it full on. And then I think it's not that difficult when you're young, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you obviously picked it up. Um, and were you writing music when you moved to London? Was it the, when you got there? Was it what happened with this, these photos and this manager? Like, did you end up like, how did you how did that become a career in music? So it's pretty interesting, actually, because it wasn't just the breaking point, not only language wise, there was a breaking point, there was a breaking point in everything. We thought we're going to move to London, we're going to make it, everyone is going to love us, listen, we're pop divas already. <laughs> anyway, not, not a lot of people move from Ukraine to to UK or anywhere really. Like so, mm-hmm. that was a big deal, and obviously we got big headed. Not not long, not you know, very shortly after we realized that we're not singing the right way. We're classically trained. We're not pop divas. People actually don't want to hear us sing. And we realized that when we got to this open mic thing, which we really like the concept of open mics because we didn't have them in Ukraine, that you can mm-hmm. just you know show up and sing whatever. Anyway, oh, okay. so we we're doing this like actually it was a blues bar thing where you're supposed to be singing a song that everyone knows but like improvising it and we were 16 so obviously that did not go well at all forgetting words <laughs> not being able to introduce ourselves communicate also, not yeah. doing the right thing and okay. people are like oh this thing blues you're singing it so badly and we're like we're never doing it again we're like oh, <laughs> we're ouch. coming back yeah. to you right away yeah anyway and then oh i was thinking about it now eight years ago i still feel it you know ugh, it was terrible anyway well, you could go back now and say look what look yeah. what we've done and you and all, yeah it, they're all probably still sitting in that bar probably i mean <laughs> yeah, if i meet them now i'd be like listen looking back i have performed with juran juran <laughs> nile rogers chic seal you took in a uh, part of unicef's imagine campaign alongside katie pair william davigetta but thank you for telling me that because <laughs> it made me work right yeah. exactly <laughs> so yeah. after that that bar experience when did, so when does fahrenheit come about were you guys writing um 
So originally we had like uh, the whole thing when we moved to London, there was a label, few labels interested in us. And then they all gave us like songs and we have like 10 songs to to sing to. So it's not really like writing them, like to sing to. And then we failed all of them. And the last song, (laughs) it was so bad because like me and Sonny, we cannot just like sing somebody else's songs for us. It's so, you know, like it was, we couldn't, we couldn't. It didn't work out. Yeah, back then. And um, and then the last one that was like there for us was Fahrenheit. And then our managers were already thinking like, oh my God, we're probably going to give up on these girls. It's just not working out the way how we wanted to. Okay, let's just give them this last song and ask them to write it, to rewrite it, to do their own version on this song. Yeah. So that's what we did. And then our managers thought like, oh my God, we actually freaking like this song and it's worked out quite well. And then we recorded it and then we uh, published it on YouTube. And um, yeah, and honestly, we were so surprised. We got like 200K views and we're not signed. We didn't you know, promote it at all at that time. And honestly, we realized that's what we were supposed to do. We shouldn't just sing somebody else's songs and like try to write our own stuff and, you know, progress is like true artists. <laughs> sure. Wow. Yeah. 200,000 views. That's incredible. Do you remember oh, like yeah. watching the, were you like watching it go up? Like, what, like, was there a moment when it really started to pick up or was it pretty organic? It Honestly, was pretty organic, I, but it yeah. picked up at some point, which was crazy. And, you know, like, you know, the story that I gave you pretty much, we were very happy when we moved to London. And then there was this light depression and these happy girls turned, uh, turned into like dark pop divas, you know, like very sad. <laughs> anyway, and this song was pretty sad and I love that. So I want to say that it's okay to be sad and write songs about it because it worked out, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah. And th- so then you started, I mean, that probably launched you pretty quickly into to, to a music career. What, what would you do next? Like once you started getting these streaming numbers, did you try to, were you writing more songs? Did you try to play, perform out more? Or what was, what was, what was the next little milestone for you? So after that, when managers saw a potential in us, they were like, you know what? You got to sit down and you got to write, write, write tracks. So every single day, we wouldn't really meet people. We wouldn't do anything social. We didn't know any bars, any clubs, nothing. We were literally waking up, learning English, writing music, going to the gym. And it was like a camp thing. You like get to in shape, like music shape and English shape in like two months time. And then for us, we felt like if we're not going to do it, then we're definitely going to move back to Ukraine. And that was like, it really felt like music camp. I love that. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. So then you guys get a handful of songs together. And then mm-hmm. um, I saw you, uh, Sophia, uh, putting up the Duran Duran shirt. Was that the yeah. first tour yeah. you guys did? Oh, you got it on oh, too. I didn't even notice it. We oh, was wearing the other that. jacket. And I'm like, I'm probably not going to take it off, but now I will. So you're kidding. <laughs> we wear the same t shirt. We oh, never man. do that. We oh, never wear the same shit. But no, hey, like, we're totally twinning right now. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, th- that was the course. first tour you guys got to do? Or yeah. were you doing stuff before that? Okay, yes. tell me about that. That's huge. And the fact that you guys are wearing the shirt right now is incredible. It's just crazy. <laughs> Not planned at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So and which year was that? 2015 or something like that? But that, uh, I mean, um, there was first it was about four or five years ago. Yeah. So we've done few tours with Duran Duran and Nile Rodgers and Chic Seal. So it was the first one was around the UK. The second was around Italy. And the third one was around Japan, which was incredible. Yeah. Such a good wow. experience. 
think this is Japanese, actually. Yeah, this is from Japan tour. This T-shirt. Yeah. You guys, do you also have the Japanese one on as well, uh, Anna? What if, I think so. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. This is this one is from Japan. Yeah. It's. Oh, you're both wearing the same one. Us, yeah. Oh, sure. they oh, it's the exact same one. Yeah. Same. Exact same one. All of it is the same. Yeah. That's cool. What was it like? Tell yeah. me about getting asked to be on that tour. That must have been a big, big moment. Incredible. Yeah. So the way we met Nick Rhodes from Keep it. Go ahead. You, you can go like I think right, it's way too much. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Twins. We talk all the time at the same time. Yeah. Please do it. <laughs> this is OK. Anyway, so how we met Nick Rhodes, the um, keyboard player of Duran Duran. He likes to take photo photos as well. So he took um, photos of us for a magazine called Untitled. Uh, and it, it was like this musical thing, like introduction to Bloom Twins, which was really cool. But we did not expect Nick Rhodes to be a photographer. It was just so mind blowing to see mm -hmm. that icon can also do all of these other great things. And, you know, anyway, so we obviously used the opportunity and we said, oh, we sing and we write songs. We would love to share some of them with you. And he said, sure, go ahead. And he liked one of them. He said, uh, let's uh, write some at my studio. And instead of writing like one or two, the way we we thought it was going to turn out. It was 11 songs, I think. We've done 11 or 20 or 30. It's 20. It's 20 now. Really? With, with him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which was so amazing. What an incredible yeah. experience. Do you remember the song that he liked? Which one it was? He liked every song that we wrote with him. <laughs> no, 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 I'm that, talking that prior. Particular. The one, the particular one that got got him yeah. interested. Yeah. She's not me. That's the one. Okay. It's not, it's not really released anywhere. Uh, <laughs> because it wasn't that. We never released that. <laughs> you never released the one that he liked? No. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so you start putting oh. songs out with him or and then is that kind of what was what aligned next with with your guys career yeah we were we were just writing a lot of stuff together and we would love to share some of them with you and the audience very soon but it takes process like i think these songs need to like age a little bit like a good bottle of wine because i don't think that everyone is ready for them yet but okay. we're polishing yeah. them now at this point but what it led to he said i love your songs i love you as an, as the, the artist and he wanted us to go on tour with duran duran and that's how it happened Wow. Wow. And then yeah, since then, you've done you played with like Eels. I, I read in Seal and LP. Yeah. And yeah. A bunch LP of as well, yeah. Mm -hmm. amazing artists. Um, so where were you? Where were you at is when this whole virus kind of happened? Honestly, it was it was kind of a good thing for us, even though it sounds bad, you know, and then hopefully, yeah, it would have been better if it didn't happen. But right before COVID, we've done so much of fashion. We literally had no time for anything. And obviously music comes first, but yeah. we have like so many fashion weeks and other things to do. And it's really picked up really well last year, like two years ago, but we had no time. So when the COVID happened, we realized, here we go. This is like the time where we can go back to our first year in London, where we're just like camping and writing music nonstop. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. We were deeming tons of people who were really like, and now they obviously had more time. So we were ending up some writing tons of stuff. Yeah, some of them did. And we ended up writing tons of stuff, having tons of features coming up this year. And it's just really exciting for us, really. That's really? amazing. And could mm -hmm. you put yeah. out Winter Tales? That, that came out, what, that was in 2018, right? Yeah. Okay. It was 2014, probably, yeah. Okay, and then you started putting out records in 2020. Uh, Love Me Right Now was without, was that the first one you put out? 
So yeah. uh, after COVID, or actually during COVID, the first song that we put out was with Benny Benassi. And the way oh, that wow. happened, but yeah, there was such a such an awesome moment. But just like I said, you know, d- during lockdown, we had so much time and we just thought, listen, we want to collaborate with other people. Obviously, you want to have something that you cannot have, you know, and you want to do all of these things. But knowing that you're in the lockdown, you really cannot get it. But we were like, we're just going to try and reach for that dream. So we started DMing all of these people, hoping that they would reply. And uh-huh. then Benny Benassi replied. And he, he liked, uh, you know, some of the songs that I sent him. And his favorite one was Daydream. And he said, give me the acapella. Mm. I want to try something different underneath it. Let's see how it can work with me. And then, you know, two months after, he's like, there we go. What do you think? <laughs> Love it. Then he Sick. showed it to his yeah. label. He said, you know, his Ultras label had, you know, supported the song so beautifully since then uh, we did a video together in the Amsterdam Museum Digital Museum it was such a great experience and then you know dreams do come true even though it was so difficult at the same time I do think that lockdown gifted us that opportunity to connect with people that didn't have time beforehand and that's how it came about then it'd be nice wow and then a million and a half streams later. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, pretty impressive. Already, already. Thank you. Wow. Um, so with the video, that's tell me about that. Was that shot during this whole during lockdown and everything? It was shot um, actually right. a few months back. So this year, uh-huh. it was yeah, it was all you know all by the rules. We were waiting until the borders were open so we could do that. It was really difficult to get there, and then like half of our crew couldn't get there because. Uh, Netherlands had their borders calls for Ukraine, so we had to shoot stuff with a different operator in um, Amsterdam, and we had to shoot with iDirector, yeah, DOP, thank you, Uh, we had to shoot with iDirector through Zoom, so he literally would be like telling us on Zoom how he wants to do that, and the DOP needs to, you know, obviously understand what to do, and it was like so difficult, but it paid off, and it looked so great. It's, it's a new digital way of filming stuff through Zoom. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I know. What a weird way to work. Have you guys done like, like, like writing over this also, this platform? Or Yeah, 100%. A lot of stuff. It's super strange. Yeah, I definitely, I do a lot of production and Sunny does a lot of, you know, lyrics, melodies and stuff. For me, it's so difficult because like my way of working is quite in my own world, you know, doing the production, creating something. So when I'm in the room, I still hear what's going on and I can like kind of get inspired by people and people's energy. For me, it's so weird in Zoom because everyone's just trying to do something and say something. So it doesn't feel like we're wasting everyone's time. And it just doesn't feel that amazing, but it's still great that we were able to do that, you know, so I can't complain, but I choose studios face to face, you know, it's my preference. Sure, sure. (laughs) And the most recent song you guys put out was uh, High on Beat. I love the video. Um, Well, tell me, tell me about that song. So this song was originally written with Guy Gerber. So also such a king of uh, electronic music. Anya is such a big fan of Guy Gerber and Jan Blomquist. But he, like, I don't know, like, you know, we wrote it and then it never got anywhere. So then we thought, oh, this is such a good song. What should we do with it? And Anya decided to DM Jan Blomquist and be like, check this song out. What do you think? And he liked it. And then he did his own thing at it. Pretty much very similar to what happened with Daydream song that Benny Benassi did. Pretty much the same concept. (laughs) And then it worked out so nicely. And then we... 
recorded um, the music video during the lockdown as well in the really? manager's gym. Yeah. Can you believe that? That new video is yeah. all, the location is um, a manager's gym. And I would never, ever thought that the gym That's could look like That's a gym? Can you believe that? That's a gym. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That, that, yeah. I would have never guessed that in a million years that that's a gym. Oh, thank you. I love it. <laughs> it looks so good. It looks yeah. really good. That must have taken a lot of time to set that up to make it look the way it does. Actually, uh, not Those really. They just great. moved yeah. bikes around, stuff like that. <laughs> really? Pretty much all of these laser things. Yeah. It's yeah, because the and lasers look see. rad. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You can see there is like a boxing area where the guys like punch in there's lasers yeah. and stuff. That's uh -huh. an actual boxing room. <laughs> oh, really? So it's so That's cool. Good, yeah. yeah, you can see all of that. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to go it's back good. and rewatch it, know in the mindset that this is a gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to, yes. That's so cool. So um are you guys I mean, you've been working on a bunch of music over the course of the last year and a half during this lockdown. Do you have a, mm -hmm. an EP or a record uh coming out? A right now, I actually concentrate on a lot of features. Okay. So it's a lot of different people. And uh, we're so excited about that because honestly, for us, like our whole style, which is like dark pop, it's mm -hmm. basically us mixing different genres, something that people wouldn't mix. So we're not afraid to go and try something else and then see where it's going to lead. And honestly, creatively, it's the most mind-blowing experience. And I feel like this year is the best for us. We have like Vinny Minasi, Jan Blomquist, and every two months, every three months, we're having different features coming out. And that's just really cool. Wow, that's really yeah. exciting. What about live shows? I mean, you probably haven't played live in, in a bit of time. A really long Ooh, time. Craving it, craving yeah. it. But hopefully we will, be, we will soon be able to perform live. But yeah. I think... I don't think so. Not quite yet. Not in the UK, at least. Are you guys pretty yeah. locked down still? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, there are places that are open, open. Yeah, but you're not going to be able to perform anywhere. So it's yeah, you cannot perform. Yeah, the things are open, bars are open, but you cannot do any performances here. So. Oh wow! Yeah, because everything just. I mean, I think yesterday is when like New York and LA kind of. Mm -hmm. did everything so people are touring soon oh, yeah no, I, that's why i was so curious good. <laughs> you need to come out here and you can play we yeah. have to Please. <laughs> well i can't wait to hear all the new features you have coming out i love the video and, and of course the song for high on beat and everything else that you guys have done thank and i really you. appreciate oh, you, you chatting with me today this has been great thank oh, you here thank you thanks. I do have one more question for you both before I let you go. Um, All right. All right. That's cool. I want to know if you have any advice yeah. for aspiring artists. Ooh. Oh, God, this is pretty difficult. <laughs> I do. I feel like, you know, hard work. You have to work hard. You have to know what you want. You have to know why you want it. You have to have a dream, but then you have to find that dream. And that dream shouldn't be anybody else's. It shouldn't be your parents' dreams. You know, it shouldn't yeah. be your friends' dreams. And it's a very difficult process because if you don't like it, this industry in particular will break you down. And it's the truth. I mean, I'm being overly dramatic, maybe, but it's the truth. People are going to tell you, you have to look this way. You have to sing these songs. You have to do that and that and that and that. And by the way, Instagram, by the way, algorithm. So make sure that you love what you're doing and everything will be easy.
I love that. I'm not sure how easy it's going to be, but it's definitely going to be an enjoyable process. I feel like uh, artists need to remember why they started that, you know, with all this hectic, you know, before the COVID and stuff, with all this hectic lifestyle, you kind of forget why you do that and you Mm. forget what was this thing within you where you, what moved you and you started to want to create something. And I feel like you need to be unapologetic about the way, what you write and how you write and you shouldn't you, you should compromise, but at the same time, you shouldn't compromise your creativity. So try to explore everything you can. Try not to stay in one zone where you feel like it's comfortable. It shouldn't be comfortable. It should be super freaking no. scary. And you should try to do something super special. And the only way to do it is when you do something, you know, you know it's not comfortable it's to right. do. Something new and something fun, you know? I love that. Thank you both I, I so one much. More. Oh. oh, you do? No, go oh, ahead. Oh I got, I've got all day. <laughs> um, I, we actually don't. There's a difference in time anyway. But here's the thing. Um, I, I, I think that songwriting uh, subject is such an interesting one to cover because you do, like Anya said something very, very cool. But, you know, she said that you have to write something from your heart, right? It has to be real. Otherwise, it will all come, you know, otherwise it will be all very much prepared. But at the same time, there should be such a good balance about not writing songs about yourself, but writing songs for others. You know, because then when you walk into the room with other people that are writing with you and for you, it will not be all about yourself it will be about that energy in the room and you'll be connecting with other people and you will also be able to learn something new about yourself so i feel like it should be honest it should be straight from your heart but the songs shouldn't be just about you you want people to like it